we have an idea of what we want to do in life, and that might be the same with you. Like、mm -hmm. I don't know your beginnings,、mm -hmm. but I'm very sure that you might not gonna think like I, I want to do podcasts and, <laughs> and influence people. No, no. maybe not. <laughs> I have one wife.、Mm. Uh, I always make the joke <laughs> that that I'm excited to only have a wife. Yes. Okay. Because making my wife happy is the is the It's a hardest job on earth. In countries where there is a lot of wealth, there is a high rate of suicides、mm -hmm. because people lost meaning,、mm -hmm. and the meaning of us of having is to help others. I'm a voice on on fighting against poverty is something possible.、Mm -hmm. In fact, there is less poor. Poor people today than in the past.、Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any other question. I can keep talking. I、oh, know. So let's. Well, let's. I mean, this is、oh, great.、No. We don't、I'm, have to even do、I'm、anything. I'm just so like your story is just incredible. <laughs> Welcome to the Sisters That Slay podcast, featuring Mim, Fez, and Beef, also known as Miriam, Talitha, and Ferial. We are three sisters building our mini sister empire and bringing you on the journey. We're passionate about learning and growing from those that have been there, done that, ticked the box, won the prize, and have the scar. Real people, real stories. We uncover their secrets to how they are living their best lives and push through their lows. Dream the impossible and make it your reality. One life. The critics. You got a sisterhood that want to see you slay. Welcome to the Sisters That Slay podcast. We have such a special, unique interviewee、yes. today. Kaloke is how I'd like to start, <laughs> and I'd like to welcome my sister. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Ferio.、Oh. Boom! <laughs> We did that well. Bam! <laughs> great. And our guest, yeah, Jonathan. Welcome. Hi, hi. It's great hey, to have you. Hey, Jonathan. <laughs> so, if anyone has ever had a sponsor child. Jonathan came through that program. So a little bit more about Jonathan. He is a passionate about empowering the next generation and bringing hope to the hopeless. Born in the crime-ridden ghettos of Santo Domingo, is that、there、right, Domingo, and experienced extreme poverty firsthand. And through the Compassion Child Development Program, he was able to get the hope and transformation he needed to be an amazing leader, and is now helping to shape the development of tens of thousands of people globally. So exciting to see where this is going to go today.、Um, so welcome along. Yeah, Thank thanks. For, thanks Thank for coming.、You. So this is your first time in Australia, is it? It's my second time. Oh,、so、cool! First time in Adelaide. Yeah, we、oh, put it on、yeah. for、Adelaide's、you today. It is cold and rainy.、It、yes,、is. but you know, it's a lot of warmth in here. Yeah, it is. That's right. It is warm in here. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to get to know you, Jonathan,、yeah. and we got some questions for you. Yes,、yeah. absolutely. So we love our food. So、yeah. tell us, what is your favorite food? That's a great question. We, my favorite food is,、uh, we call it the flag. I、okay. say we call it because it's the national、uh, food of the Dominican Republic. Yeah,、mm -hmm. it's rice, beans, and chicken. Yum. We say we call it the flag because、yeah. our flag is has three colors: blue,、yeah. white, and red. 
Mm-hmm. So Blue red, yeah. red, red beans, red white beans, rice, white and rice. chicken. Ah. Is the chicken like spicy, or does it have like any flavor to it? It's it has seasoning, but it is not spicy. Not is it roasted right. or? It is. Um, it, you can have it roasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that will work. Yeah, I'll say different ways. Okay, Even grill. It will depend. Yeah. Cool. Oh, sounds good. And do you have a favorite quote at all? I do have a quote, a favorite quote from from my sponsor. Uh, She sent me uh, her last letter. Mm -hmm. And when I say the last letter, it's not because she passed away, nor nor myself, (laughs) but because we uh, basically stopped it. I graduated from the program. And, And in the last letter, after having more than five, six years of riding back and forth. Yeah. Uh, she wrote me this, uh, time does go by quickly and the older we get, the faster it goes. She was basically saying that because she said, we do look back on our life and wonder if we have done all God had for us to do. And I'm afraid I will forge all of the goals in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a widow, Grace. Mm-hmm. She was my second sponsor. Right. Uh, she's around 80 now. Yes. Wow. She's a farmer in Michigan wow. in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so, well, anyways, I'm 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 grateful with that. And since then, that has been my favorite quote on thinking what I'm doing with my life, what what's my purpose, what I want to do in 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 the work. Wow, yeah. that sounds awesome! I love it. And your childhood hero. My childhood hero. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Jephthah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, there is a story about this little boy who is the son of a prostitute. Mm-hmm. He was born out of a, out of a father who was who was married, has other children, but because he was the son of a prostitute, he was rejected, and he was left uh, and kicked out of his community. He grew up, and he, somehow he developed leadership, and he grew up an army. His town got in a war. And so they needed an army to defend them, and they call him. They call Jephthah. Mm-hmm. After rejecting him, they call him to protect him. And Jephthah said, "I will protect you, but I will have to be your king at the end. I will have to be kind of your president." Yeah. Sure. And they <laughs> they were like, "Okay, protect us." <laughs> and so that he's like my hero wow. because the way he was rejected, but on the other hand, the, the path that he took on leadership, and at the end, he became a great leader in his own wow. community. That is a childhood hero for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that probably leads good into why does that story resonate so much for you? Tell us yeah. a little bit about your own um, story. Well, I, I was born in the Dominican Republic. We have a great weather. It's Ooh, sunny okay. all the whole time, which yeah. it's good. Good outlook on life. Yeah, it's so positive. <laughs> uh, but I was born in poverty. Right. My mom was homeless because she was... Uh, my mom was abused by an uncle. So mm. she ran away from our family. And since we are, we were born and raised in a macho community. That's how we say in Latin America. Uh, nobody believed that my mother was abused. Mm. Therefore, she ended up being homeless, working 24 hours in a restaurant, sleeping in, a, in, in the free time. And that's how where she met my father, right. who she saw as a way out of the situation she was going through. But the, the sadly thing was that he was married and he has four daughters. Mm. So when, when, when she got pregnant, my father didn't want her 
to to have me. He wanted her to abort me because he was married. He had, he had four daughters, and at the end, my mother thanks God she didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, and so, but I was born in that reality, with the lack of calcium. She didn't have any prenatal support, and in the whole process, um, I remember going to a university for free for students to practice in my mouth. Mm. And that was a way on how I could get some treatment in my mouth. Right. These teeth are real. Well, even yeah. though <laughs> they doesn't look like. But um, selling juice on the streets to make some money, mm -hmm. being a diver, uh, not in the Caribbean Sea, but in a garbage area, looking for plastic, literally diving in the garbage to wow. resell it and get some bread to eat. We were making $4 in a week. Wow. And that was all that we could make. And in the whole process, remembering not having a uniform to go to school. Um, people say education is the way out of poverty, and that's true. But the issue is if you don't have the resources even to go to get education. Yes. And that was my case. I have to ask someone to lend me his uniform mm -hmm. in order to go to school four hours in the morning, run back to my community, give his uniform back so he can go in the afternoon. Wow. That was the everyday life. And my shoes were broken. You say hungry shoes here when the shoes get broken here? Yeah, yeah. we do. Mine were talky and hungry at the same time. <laughs> and that was the way I had to go to school, which I'm glad for my mom because she always forced me to go to school, even though I didn't have the uniform, even though I was dealing with hunger. I mm. was hungry, my sugar level coming up and down many times. I couldn't understand what, what, what I was going through. And, and, and anyway, so she sent me to school the whole time. And that's what, when great news happened. Mm -hmm. uh, because I was introduced to the Compassion Program mm -hmm. through a church in my community serving children, uh, around 300 children. How uh, old were you at the time? I was seven. Seven. I was so, seven. Ooh, wow. Seven years of tough. I was seven, wow, yeah. That's tough. Yeah, and in the whole process, I was working on the streets. Yeah. And suddenly I get into this church with the schools next mm -hmm. to it and they were giving classes to children yeah and they gave me school supplies mm -hmm. my first uniform i received it through the compassion program wow uh, new shoes i i remember taking cardboard and making soles to put it inside my shoes because they were they had holes mm. down the sole yeah and so when i got there and suddenly i have uniforms food which those first years I was going to the Compassion Center be because of the food, that's mm. the truth. <laughs> hey, we'll still go anywhere yeah. for food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a good way to get people in. Yeah. <laughs> food. It, it was great. Like, yeah. I, and, and the fact that someone that I back then called my sponsor was yeah. sending me letters. Mm -hmm. Somehow it's like the, like, like the bird. I don't know if you have had that conversation with your children when they ask, how I was born. There is a story that they, <laughs> that like a bird came and, and, and delivered right. you in the front door yeah, of the, the house. Stork, yeah. Somehow those letters for me came like the bird yes. and delivered the letters in front of the church. And suddenly this woman, uh, Jamie Boelema, yeah. my first sponsor, she was sending me letters every other time. Oh, wow. And that was very encouraging for me in that time. Even though I was at the Compassion Program, my life was not easy. Yeah. Uh, I do remember that growing up in a ghetto area, I had to fight. 
Yes. Every other block that I was walking, there were gangs. Really? And I had to fight in order to defend myself and not mm. to get robbed. Therefore, when I got into the compassion program, the very first day I was fighting. Mm -hmm. And for five days, for five years, sorry, I was fighting the whole time mm. with no discrimination. I was fighting with girls. I was I was fighting with boys. I was mm. fighting with like guys. scruff fights it's, or how do, how do they fight on the streets? It, it, it was <laughs> very aggressive fight. Right. Yeah, it, it's it, I'm, uh, and now I remember those times that I don't feel any proud at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I I love the the women's next to me or the women's around me in those times. Do yeah. say my compassion prayer director. Her name in, in English will goes by sweet oh. and, and indeed she was sweet really mm -hmm. dulce every time i end up fighting she took me to her office yeah and i do remember being sweating uh i, I really really angry mm. crying at the same time and in many ways i couldn't understand what was happening of course she knew my story yeah. she knew the things that i was going through but specifically she knew that when i was 14 years old i was introduced to my father's family Mm -hmm. My relationship with my father was a very complicated one. Yeah. So we used to meet once a month for five minutes in different places. It was an FBI relationship. Right. <laughs> it was weird because yeah. it was like, okay, we're going to meet in, in the next highway. Now in, in this highway. And, oh, and every no. time it was weird. <laughs> Only five minutes. And I do remember that um, I will get into the car, say, hey, dad, will you bless me? We do that in Latin America. And right. your father says, God bless you. And, and that's like a blessing. That's what we do with our families. Uh, I was introduced to my father's family uh, when I was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. He didn't know about it. Oh. Ne nor myself knew that my father hidden me for yeah. 14 years from his family. Mm -hmm. And I do remember meeting my, my mother-in-law, mm. my four sisters. Mm. Everybody were excited uh, because I have four sisters and I'm the only boy, mm. I'm the king. Yeah. <laughs> and so everybody was excited. I have a brother and all that. But still, I was afraid mm. of talking to my father that I met his family and he didn't know. My mm. uncles introduced me to my father's family. Mm -hmm. Nine months passed and he called me and he said, I'm going to your house, which, which was weird. He never came to my house. And in many ways, he didn't come to my house. He just stopped the car in front mm. of my community. And I got into the car and he said, why you did that? Mm. And that's not a way to start a conversation. No. I was, will you bless me? And, and he didn't bless me. He just said, why you did that? And I was like, why I did what? Mm. He told me you met my family without my permission. Mm. And then the horrifying words came after because he said, neither you or my brothers have the permission to get involved in my life. You have to understand that you're a mistake in my life. Ah. Being for 14 years old, mm. uh, going through the things that I was going and wrestling with the idea of not having a man to follow in my family, mm -hmm. uh, seeing my mom crying for the situations that we were going through, it was very tough. Mm. But listening to my father that I, saying that I was a mistake, that's for me poverty. Mm. That, and, 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 and I know that this is something that many of us have gone through, yeah. not even myself. And, but besides the material need that I was going through was the fact that in my mind, I was dealing with the idea that I was a mistake indeed. Mm. But anyways, Dulce was a great uh, uh, mentor for me. Mm -hmm. Jamie as well. They put out their love in my life and 
Um, I don't know if you have any other question. I can keep talking. Oh uh, no! So let's. Well, let's. I mean, this is oh, great. No, we don't I'm, have to even do I'm anything. Just so like your story is just so. Incredible. You're a 14 year old boy. Your dad has told you that you're a mistake. Mm-hmm. How do you, like, where do you find the inspiration, the hope to um, get past this? The truth is that I spent a year hating my father. Right. And um, I didn't want to talk to him at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, something for me that I was great was the, the, the church, the community people around me, Dulce, uh, the, the youth leader in my Compassion Center. We, I had a tutor or a professor or a teacher, that, that's the way we call it. And uh, he, he was a great mentor. Uh, and uh, I do remember that he took me out for pizza. And nine months passed, I, I didn't talk to my father for, for that long. And I just remember having the conversation when he asked me, how is your father? And I started crying. I was crying and crying in, in, in this public place where I didn't want to cry. Mm. I, I'm a Latino. Yeah. Latinos, we don't cry right. in front of people. Okay. And that's wrong. Like in Latin yeah. America, people, especially boys are taught that they don't have, that they shouldn't cry. Right. And that's so wrong. Yeah. We, we have to cry just as we laugh. Uh, and, and he faced me with the idea that I had to forgive my father. Mm. Uh, I do remember that he talked to me about uh, God forgiving me, and therefore I owe to forgive my father. Right. And in many ways, yes, I was, I was a mess. I mm. was fighting the whole time. I was involved in fights. I was involved in gangs. Even being too young as 12 years old, uh, I, I was involved in a fight, and a friend of mine ended up in a coma. Ooh. And I was supposed to go to jail, and I was forgiven. Mm-hmm. And dealing with all those ideas, plus my sponsor, Jamie, she sent me a letter that I say it's the most important letter in my life. Really? Jamie sent me many letters. Wow. Um, this is an example of, yeah. this is the original letter. This le- the, the, that letter came in 1999. Yes. Wow. And, you still uh, got it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have all my letters here, 14 oh, years of wow. letter writing. How many do you reckon there would be? How many letters? Yeah, approximately. Oh. Hundreds? That's a great question. Yeah. Hundreds of, yeah. of letters. Okay. I haven't counted, but those are more than 15 years of writing wow. back and forth. what a champion. Yeah, let's hear this it. This letter uh, came in 1999, for example, and, and she said, Good afternoon, Jonathan. I wanted to send you a little note to let you know that I was thinking about you. Wow. Jamie was 26 when she sponsored me. She was mm-hmm. a college student. Uh, in the U.S., they say that college students are poor. I don't know, in Australia. Yeah. yeah but pretty. in the VR, it's the same <laughs> yeah. thing. So Jamie sent me this letter, and somehow she said, it is warm up here in Michigan, which I know now that in Michigan, it's just snowing the whole year. So anyways, <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> Jamie was an expert writing letters, because if you can see, this is just a whole paragraph. Yeah. In this letter, the most impactful thing that I can see is that she's, this letter came after a year after my father told me that I was a mistake. Right. This letter says, happy 15th birthday. I hope you had a very enjoyable birthday. Uh, Jamie remembered my birthday every year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though my father had never called me for a birthday. And uh, this woman, thousands of kilometers away, remembered my birthday every year. She was yeah. like my older sister. But this is the most important letter in my life. Uh, the letter goes by, Greetings Jonathan from Michigan. She's very proud about Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> we received our first dozen of snow today. 
on Thanksgiving, which I didn't know what Thanksgiving was. <laughs> I bet you know. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like yeah. turkey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like yeah. turkey a lot. <laughs> yeah. We received our first dusting of snow today on Thanksgiving. Today is a great day to reflect on all the things that I am thankful for. And you are one of those that I am greatly thankful wow. for. Wow. These, together with the staff, yeah. together with the conversation with my com compassion teacher, together with the love of Dulce, the sweetness of her, yeah. of uh, never getting tired of me or never kicking me out from yeah. the program, I think this, this was the way on how I overcame all the stages wow. I was going through. That is incredible. And then when, so at what time did you go to university or what time did you sort of realize or work out what you sort of wanted to do with your life? How did that come about? That it happened after that conversation uh, with my father and also happens after the, I had uh, dramatic situations in my life. The, my situation when I was not the one who provoked the fight when my friend mm. ended up in a coma. Someone somehow came to fight with me and a friend of mine who was in my back fall down and he crashed his head with mm. the sidewalk and therefore he ended up in the coma. It was yeah. not that I was no. hitting him and he ended up in the coma. And uh, after that, I remember that Lucy took me to her office and the police was coming. Mm -hmm. And so I was dealing with the idea that I'm going to jail. Mm. And that's, that was the moment when I started to see everything that in the Compassion Center these people were doing with me. Somehow I started to say to myself, I don't want to end up in jail. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to end up in a gang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't want to die at yeah. a young age. My mom was, you know, crying. My mother has suffered a lot mm. already with the situation with my father. Yeah. I shouldn't do the same thing. And I do remember that a year after Dulce passed away, mm. she died in 2003 yeah. out of a breast cancer. Yeah. It was too late when they discovered the situation. And when I was thinking back then, Dulce was the daughter of a rich man in the DR, and yet she was serving children in a poor community. Yeah. Why she never get tired of me? Yeah. And so that gave me the, like, the, the, the ignite me to stop doing the things that I was doing. And yeah. somehow I wanted to do something different in my life. Then came the, that conversation with my father. And again, I w it was like a step back. Yeah. But mm -hmm. then Jamie's letters, empower me to wow. keep going and after that I decided I, I committed myself to one thing this is going to be interesting I said I don't want to do any I don't want to date anymore mm -hmm. not until I get ready to be a man uh, I saw my mom uh, basically suffering yeah I saw the things that they were going through and so I focused myself on studying yeah so I started to study and I got involved in, in my local church doing missions. So we went to Haiti, mm -hmm. and at 17 years old, I became a translator into French for poor children in Haiti. Right. At the same time, I was involved with the United Nations, with the model of the United Nations. Mm -hmm. And that opened my mind to see a world that is, is in fact, suffering a lot. Mm -hmm. I was working with countries like Egypt, Tanzania, and Guatemala. Wow. And in all those countries, HIV is a huge problem. In all those countries, uh, violence is a huge problem. Poverty, mm -hmm. 
had a huge problem. And again, those were models. Those just were not real work with the with the United Nations itself. It was just model. But that opened my mind to go uh, to university and to graduate it. I have a bachelor degree in yeah. linguistics applied in English. Yeah. And my whole idea was how can I serve others in need? Yeah. So I wanted to study languages because I wanted to be a translator Great. into other languages of programs, materials to serve others. Yeah. And that's basically how I end up basically studying public policy process in Washington, D.C. as well. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea is how can I serve better my country and how can I serve better others who are in need? Mm -hmm. And thanks God, Compassion in the whole process paid my English classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Compassion provided the resources for me to go to the university. Yeah. And therefore I graduated. And by the grace of God, I've now been serving children in poverty, just like me, just like I was in poverty now for over six years. Yeah. And how, how do you do that or what does that involve now? Well, uh, I first started working in my own ghetto community. Mm -hmm. So I started a ministry there, kind of a, that will be a urban youth work. Yes. We started to do music. We started to teach music, mm -hmm. uh, guitar, drum, uh, keyboard, uh, violin, different kinds of instruments to children who were, in fact, dealing with difficult situations, children who were, their parents were in jail or their parents were involved in drugs. And so we end up serving like 200 children wow. when, in my community. So after that, I spent over uh, eight years doing that. And then uh, somehow uh, the doors were open for me to work with Compassion International back in the Dominican Republic. In the midst of all of that, I was again receiving the training to serve people in need, to do youth development. And I end up working with churches in the Dominican Republic uh, through Compassion in Compassion Centers to serve children. Somehow I end up being the youth development specialist for the DR. I love it how you like somehow, like <laughs> is it more so like you just were pushed like pushed into that role or just someone it's, saw it or you just was like, yeah, I'll do you know, it. Sometimes we we have an idea mm. of what we want to do in life. And that might be the same with you. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know your beginnings, mm -hmm. but I'm very sure that you might not going to think like, I, I want to do podcasts and, <laughs> and influence people. No. <laughs> no. Maybe not. You, you started doing something and then you yeah, end up doing it. Exactly. It's interesting the way we are guide to do yes. things. Yeah. And in the same way, I, I never imagined that I will be myself serving 22,000 youth in the Dominican wow. Republic. We we serve 68,000 children in poverty in my country. Wow. And I, I have been responsible for 22,000 of those. Those are youth between 12 mm -hmm. and 20 years old. Yeah. And because of the experience that I have had serving children and youth, therefore Compassion invited me to basically help them design, cast the vision yeah. for the youth. Um, we have big issues in the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, just to give you quick numbers, 35,000 girls get pregnant every year. Mm. We're talking about teenagers between 12 and 16 years old. Uh. 15,000 of those are below 12 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, back in May, uh, more than 90 women were killed in the VR by their couples. Uh, 193,000 children are born approximately every year in the DR. 180 
9,000 moms are single yeah. of those children who are born. If you, if you, if you understand the math, 193,000 born and 189,000 are single moms. That's 89% wow. of all the children who are born in the Dominican Republic are born out of single moms, just like my mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's that understanding of what's happening in my own country that ignite me to every day walk up, I'm thinking, how can we sol solve this situation? Yeah. And one of the great things that I have the joy to do is to do partnership with companies, uh, to provide scholarships to the youth, uh, to be a voice in the government on how can we prevent teenagers' pregnancy and how can we do with those teenagers who are already pregnant, what can we do with them in order to help them strive in life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so basically, uh, that's that's the job that I have been doing in the midst of, of all this process. And then you've also then also now getting flown to Australia. You're speaking yeah. um, at churches here. Mm -hmm. What do you share? You share your journey here in Australia. What's the purpose of your trips here? Yeah, I, I mostly I've been speaking uh, in the US and also in Australia. I do the same in my own country. Mm. Um, I have the joy to go to the compassion centers that we work with to basically be an advocate for the youth who are going through the same situation that right. I'm going through. I don't want to say that sponsoring a child, uh, immediately their problems disappear. Right. Mm -hmm. I got in the program when I was seven and still when I was 12, five years later, I was still dealing with uh, fighting and, and all of that. It's yeah. development is a process, it's not an event. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I say. And uh, right now what I do is I speak on behalf of compassion uh, about my story. Yeah. Exactly what we are doing now. I also speak on the our belief that we can end up poverty. Mm -hmm. uh, poverty seems to be overwhelming. Mm. This is not a topic that you speak every day. No. I think we are so involved in politic, polit political issues. Mm. We are so involved in cultural issues. Mm. And somehow we forget those in needs around us. Yep. Mm. And uh, basically that's what I do. I, yeah. I, I, I'm a voice on, on fighting against poverty is something possible. Mm -hmm. In fact, there is less po poor people today than in the past. Mm -hmm. If we do the numbers, even though they are overwhelming, there are a reducing number of children in poverty. Uh, for the last 20 years, one billion people came out of poverty. And this is thankful to people like, like you. Yeah. yeah. People in Australia and in the US. Now, um, I was listening to um, a YouTube video where you just spoke about like money is not going to solve the no. poverty issues. I guess what can we be doing here in Australia in our nice, comfortable jobs, our nice houses, our nice cars, um, our amazing schooling, our food? What can we be doing here to help um, these global sort of issues? When I say that money, mm -hmm. uh, cannot change uh, uh, poverty. What I'm trying to say is that imagine that uh, Jamie will sponsor me. Uh, even though she was poor, as I said, being a college student, she was 26 when she sponsored me. Imagine that she will only pay some sort of money uh, through compassion to provide me school supplies, uh, food, the love and the care that the people who took care of me in those times. But imagine that she will never write. Yeah. Uh, for example, this letter who yeah. came 
a year after my father told me that I was a mistake. Mm. I, I I think that we are losing the, the the sense of the relationship factor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're so involved today in our things, in our media, in our, you know, in our everyday life. And somehow we forget that a way out of not only poverty, but other sort of, sort of problems is relationships. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that money cannot solve it. Yeah. But I, I say money alone. Yeah. It's, it's a combination of both things. Uh, it's not just giving money, but it's creating this relationship. Um, just quickly to say that. Right now, we have a partnership with a company in the DR. The name is Cisco. Mm -hmm. Cisco is a worldwide company. Yeah. They do networking. And yeah. many of the yes. internet uh, equipments that we use at home, even TV equipments, comes out of Cisco. Great. The head of Cisco in the Dominican Republic is a former sponsored child. Wow. Oh, wow. And he called us, and we had a meeting. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the meeting with this massive bis b building with these you know business people really smart networking so for guys mm -hmm. and this man uh a grown man in in his 30 late 30 he told me i i would like to to say hi to my sponsor and to say thank you i mean mm -hmm. i, I want to know my sponsor and he told me my sponsor was a pilot and one of my dreams is to be, become a pilot this guy is the head of Cisco in the Dominican Republic, mm -hmm. and he still remember he's a sponsor. Yeah. And the relationship and the fact that he's a sponsor was talking about uh, being a pilot and encouraging him to strive in life. Mm. Therefore, the way you can do it, this is a way. Mm -hmm. What, what we're doing today, which I'm yep. grateful for the opportunity oh, thanks for coming to, on. Yeah. to talk to you and, and, and your people. And why specifically um, compassion? Why do you believe, I mean, you've obviously come through there, but when someone's obviously choosing a charity to support and there's different sponsored children, why should they choose compassion? That's a great question. Mm. Uh, that we, I, I understand that there, that there are many charities that they don't do what they say that they do. <laughs> And I understand that it is hard for us to trust and put our money in organizations where we don't know if they're using our money and resources toward the needs that, that the children are going through. But I'm, I came out of poverty myself through compassion. So wow. the best way that I can say this is working, it's, it's my life. Mm -hmm. um, I'm here for that reason. Mm. Uh, I'm not getting uh, basically paid to say what I'm saying. Right. Uh, it took me 23 hours to come to Australia. I have been here before. Mm -hmm. uh, and last year when I came, I left my family. I have a wife mm. and a son. Yeah, they're gorgeous. For two <laughs> weeks, thank you. They're running around. They are here with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For two mm, weeks and, and, and four days mm. to come and speak on behalf of children in poverty. Yeah. I see poverty firsthand every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have seen what compassion does. I'm happy to say that compassion, the it's it's committed with integrity. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's children focused. Like our the focus of, of compassion is children. Yeah. Uh, I receive all the resources that I receive. Otherwise, I wouldn't go to the university without the support of compassion. Mm. What I can say is compassion do what they say that they do. Yeah. And 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 something that I invite people to do is go to the books. Uh, come and see what Compassion Australia is doing and you can see if the work is real. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was very real. And mm -hmm. for the children, 68,000, only in the Dominican Republic, we're talking about 2 million children worldwide. It is real work. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, quickly, my mom, while I was attending the compassion program, she was going to university and she became a professor. Wow. My mom is a teacher. <laughs> wow. So we don't sell juices anymore. Yeah. Nor no I have to dive in a garbage area. Yeah. So compassion was not only a help for me, you, but it's right. a help for is my that mom. Because the compassion sent you to school, so she had the time to go she to? She had the yeah, time. Yeah, right. She had the time. Yeah. I was still living with my mom. Yeah. But I was going to the center to receive the classes, mm-hmm. eating there. And so that low the weight on the arms of my mom so she could go to university and I'm so excited because mm. it took her 10 years to graduate to, yeah. for her bachelor. Yeah. But she was first given the opportunity to be a cook in the Compassion Center, then a tutor. Mm-hmm. And she had um, ended up working part-time in a public school in the DR. Yeah. She graduated and now she's doing a master. Wow. Awesome. My mom is like 51. A, wow. She is a sister that's Yeah, slays. she sounds incredible. And let's, so how, impo- how important have the women been in your life then? I will say that my mom is mm. my hero. Yeah. Dulce, who passed away, and one of my, my, my desires is uh, when I die is to see her and yeah. thank her <laughs> for what she do- do- did for me. Yeah. Uh, Dulce was a hero in my life. Yeah. Jamie is a hero Jamie, in my life. Yeah. So I will say I have had women around me. Mm. And I would like to say this in, in this way. These women never uh, talk to me in a wrong way about to be a man. Mm-hmm. They actually helped me shape a godly manhood. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they helped me to be a man. I remember conversations with Jamie where, where she will say, you have to be a man. I remember conversation with Grace, my second sponsor, and she was saying, you, you, you have to be a man of example in your community. Mm-hmm. I do remember my mom while, I remember times when we were hungry and she told me, you know, you, you know why we're hungry now? Because there is not a man responsible in this house. You shouldn't do the same. Mm. And so these women around me, instead of helping me see manhood in their own way, yeah. they shaped me to see the right manhood. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I got married. Yes. I have one wife. Mm. Uh, I always <laughs> make the joke that, that I'm excited to only have a wife. Yes. Okay, because good. making my wife happy is the, is, the, is the hardest job on earth. Yes. Where did, where did you meet your wife? Uh, sorry? Where did you meet your wife? We, my wife and I, we met at church. Yeah. Gary, uh, she, we both got involved in mission work in yeah. Haiti. And she was a compassion tutor for 10 years. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And that's how we met. Yes. But the first time I saw her, yeah. I was like, hey, hey, I would like to marry you. Yes. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> it was the very first time. And then I waited for her for four years. Oh, okay. Wow. I was in love, but I, I was not ready to have a relationship. Yeah, yeah. But I was, I was, I do remember when I proposed her, she said no. <laughs> and I was like, after four years, I was like, come on. But, um, <laughs> So when did it turn from a no to a yes? Yeah, she we she was just afraid. Oh uh, yeah, she was yeah. just afraid. Gaddy had you know no healthy relationship neither. Yeah. And so coming to church, it was a process of healing. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. And so when she saw me, she was like, um, "Oh, I don't know if this is gonna work." And yeah. you know, and that's the heaviness that I have on my arms. One mm. of my goals is to help other boys to be real men. Yes. To, to take care of our women, right. to, to be gentlemen right. and, and, and to protect. Yeah. And that's the thing that I'm glad, uh, and I ask Caddy every time, 
I, I have been a gentleman. I've been taking care of you. Like wow. that's my one goal in life. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I want to be the man that I, my father couldn't be for me. Yeah. yeah. And how wow, important is your faith to you? Well, I wouldn't say that without uh, my faith, I, I wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. It is not only the fact of uh, being uh, supported by the women around me or the, the people around me in, in church, but it's the fact of knowing that even though I went through the, the situations that I went through, I do remember I called my father a year after he told me that I was a mistake. And I said, hey, Dad, I'm sorry to be a mistake in your mm -hmm. life. And, uh, but I'm thankful. I, I'm, I'm thankful to be your, your son. In the whole process, somehow, even though the truth is I hated God. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was struggling. You know, it didn't make sense that God is good, that he loved me. And I was going through the situations that I was going through. Mm. But I told him, uh, I, ha I understood that God took care of me in the whole journey. Mm -hmm. Somehow, all the things that I went through, I wouldn't change it. I told my father, I am happy to be your son. And you have to admit that I am the best mistake you have ever made. <laughs> so it, it, it was a moment of healing. And yeah. It was a moment of crying. Wow. But I'm here because of that. Mm. I'm, I'm, I, in, the, in the whole process, I do remember a letter that the Apostle Paul in the New Testament sent to a church, the Philippians. Mm. Uh, the, the verses go chapter 4, verses 11 through uh, 14. Basically, he says... I'm not writing to you because I'm in need, because I have learned to be content in any circumstances of life. Mm. I know how to be well-fed, but I know how to be hungry. I have been trying to have a lot and to have little. Mm. I can do all things in Christ because he has trained me. And I, that verse is my, the most important one for me because Paul was in jail. He was hungry. Mm -hmm. He was uh, basically was persecuted because of his faith. Mm -hmm. And yet he was content. Mm. I was remember being hungry and I was reading Paul and I was like, I want to have the contentment that he has. Wow. I don't want to be, I don't want my happiness to depend on the things that I have. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want my happiness to depend. I took a picture of my friends. I am blessed for the friends that I have. Yeah. I am blessed for the community people around me. And th that's what God and my faith has been has meant for me. Mm. Yeah, I that's love awesome. It. And what advice do you have for people going through difficult times or going through those really challenging times? We do need a community of people. Uh, being my advice, I, I will highly encourage people uh, to look for a church that mm. have real community people. I, I understand that our culture now have run away from church because indeed there are many churches where you don't have a real life. Mm. But church in the way God created it, it's a place to be to bring your brokenness and not to be ashamed of that. Mm -hmm. And so if, if, if it's my opinion, I will recommend to look for that real community. But if, if you're not the kind of people who want to go to church, Find people around you who love you, not because of the things that you have, not because of the things that you can give them, mm. but because of who you are. And and look for those people that give you right advice. Go away, far away from those people who invite you to things that are toxic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go away from relationships that are toxic. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's very hard to see young ladies that they 
get attached to men who basically abuse them yeah. in many ways. Mm. Go away from those people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if there is someone in that situation listening to me, I want to say, you are created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. You are worth value than more than in the whole world completely. Mm-hmm. You have more value than the whole money in the Australian treasure bank. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, there is a man that will value you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just just go away from those people that mm-hmm. are harming you. You don't have to stay attached to those people. Mm, I love that. Wow, mm. what a story. Is there any final words of wisdom? Do you have anything left in the tank <laughs> to give us? It all yeah, out? there is something. Um, we have one life. Yeah. That we only have one life. And there is a YOLO, there, that's a saying <laughs> in English. YOLO. That, yeah, you only live once. Yeah, I love it. Uh, people <laughs> use that in the wrong way. People say YOLO to do crazy things. Yes. But I would like to invite people to do YOLO for meaningful things. Mm. When I was reading that at the end of the life of people, the one thing that I re- that, that they have as a regret is I would rather spend more time with my family. Mm. I would rather spend more time with my children. I would rather spend more time right. with those that I love. For more money that we can do, if you don't use that money to help others, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in countries where there is a lot of wealth, there is a high rate of suicides mm-hmm. because people lost meaning. Mm-hmm. And the meaning of us of having is to help others. Exactly. We are blessed in order that we can help. Mm-hmm. And that's the place where we find meaning. So I will encourage people yeah. to think on their life. We all have to think on our life and now do a plan and see at the end, what do you want to do? I want to die. And when I die, I want to die well. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to die now. No. But when I get <laughs> like to- In a hundred yeah, years. Now, <laughs> now yeah. what I'm trying to say is I want to die well. Yeah. When the moment get calm, because it's going to come, yeah. I want to feel like I did what yeah. I was supposed and created to, to, oh, to do. I ran I the race. Mm. Wake up every day with that yep. in, in mind. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Oh, my goodness. Love that it. So good. Thank you so much. And I would just say to anyone that does have a sponsor child, I yeah. have, I, I can't just quite fathom how meaningful those letters are. Mm. So write to your sponsor yes. children Please. today. Yeah. And yeah, because I think that's just so powerful to see all these letters here that you still have. Right. You as sponsors that are listening, listening to me and, and, and for you as well, yep. and those who are considering sponsoring, uh, we children in poverty through compassion and in the compassion program we don't have heroes like Spider-Man or Superman or yeah. all of that mm-hmm. our heroes are our sponsors wow. yeah you can ask any child that is incredible you, you have to see when those letters arrive to their classroom mm. children uh, they five to, to receive letters. And there oh. are children that we call the kings of letters because mm. they receive many letters. But there are others that never receive. And what should they, um, what should pe- what should people write in these letters, do you th- Yeah, I will recommend, you don't have to write a book. That's yeah. what I always say. <laughs> but I, 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 I have this talk that we are people helping others in need while we suffer. We, we are still struggle, mm-hmm. struggling in life. Yes. We still face sickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second sponsor, Grace, 
uh, lost a niece. She was six months old and she had liver cancer. Mm. And her the mother of her niece had breast cancer. And thank, thanks God she didn't die, but her breast was cut off mm. through the through the cancer. And in the process, she was helping me. Right. But she was suffering. Mm. So we help people in need while we suffer. That's what I always say. Yeah. In the, in the same process, talk about that. Oh. I mean, chair not, not only talks about the call in Adelaide. Yeah. And the city of churches, that's that's what you <laughs> so call it. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or or the city of building churches building. Yeah. Or I don't know, maybe about the food of the wine. Yeah. But you can write about the struggles that you have in okay. life. Okay. Alrighty. And and that's a way that you can show those children in poverty that you're also struggling. That yeah. life is not a paradise for you. Because somehow children in poverty think that their sponsors are like angels, they mm. don't have any problems, they are right. okay, they don't have issues. And so that's a way, but you can write about the weather, you can write about the cricket, Okay. you can write about the, tennis. the sport, mm. the food, do yeah. you have a very good food yeah. here? So you can, you can write Have you had Vegemite here yet? No, not yet. Oh. oh. Oh, Kimbra. I will. I <laughs> will. We, needed, we needed to have Vegemite here. We did, we did. Next time we have an international guest, <laughs> yeah. we'll get Vegemite yeah. out. Yeah. No, oh my goodness. Right. So okay. let's all write letters today. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> or sponsor, yeah. decide yeah. to sponsor a child with compassion yeah. if you feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much, Jonathan, oh, for coming along. And you can, you, you can catch Jonathan on Facebook. We've put the link up as yeah. well. Yes. Just message him constantly. And yeah, just Feeling so super grateful for our life. Oh yes, absolutely. Thanks, Jonathan. You were amazing. Let's let's um, let's dance it out. Thanks, Jonathan. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We are getting awesome feedback from our viewers and listeners, and we want to hear from you. What was your key takeaway, your lessons learned, something you can relate to or your aha moment and share it on our Facebook and Instagram. You can also visit our sistersthatslay.com.au website to see what we've been up to. This podcast has been brought to you by Miriam's business, Fab Tax Accountants. We make your life easier, keep your books clean and accounting and tax can even be fun so you can love your numbers.